Welcome to Cyber Inspiration Podcast. My name is Evgeny. I have been around cybersecurity for the last 20 years and I have a lot of experience working with a variety of cybersecurity vendors. My main work is vendor consulting and cybersecurity advisory for companies. As part of my passion in technology and cyber, I've been intrigued to learn how a company starts. I started the podcast to understand the thinking process and what motivated people to start their own company. This podcast is affiliated with Security Architecture Podcast. I have Lee here from Suridara. Please tell us about yourself and the company. Hi, thank you for inviting me. Very happy to be here. I'm Leah, one of the founders and the CEO of Suridata. What we do in Suridata is we help companies adopt SaaS application in a secure way. It means that if employees about to use new application, we provide them a platform that allows them to make it securely. We connect to those applications, we identify risks related to either misconfigurations, access, and third party and allow them having a process to secure them from end to end. You know what? Shadow IT and SaaS has been around for a long time, and especially mm-hmm. during the pandemic. It became so popular and so makes sense to move everything to the cloud. And now it's very hard to understand. We have this job with some of my friends. If you have a credit card, you can be a CEO and CEO of the company. So it's definitely an important part to fix. So you guys have been around for a couple of years. you one of these pandemic startups, I'm guessing, started during the pandemic. But what motivated you? Like, what happened in your life that got you to the point that you want to go and fix this problem? In my last role, I led NLP-based technology development for a large global firm. And every time there was a business case that was funded by the business, we weren't able to proceed because IT and security had high difficulty in actually letting us take data outside of the organization, putting it in a third party, vendors that they don't know, they can trust. It was a very big blocker for us. And for me, as a business enabler, I wanted to make it happen. I didn't make sense to me that security will not let us proceed and will not let us do the new innovation that we want to create for the company. And then I decided to start and investigate it a bit more. Together with my two co-founders, we actually interviewed CISOs, uh, IT leaders, and tried to understand if there is a real problem here. Even though, as you mentioned, Salesforce uh, is here for over 25 years, same with other SaaS application. But these days, I'm talking maybe three or four years ago, the number of SaaS applications, especially during pandemic, that are being adopted by the business and employees is just increased dramatically and keep increasing. So if in the past you could have solved some of the challenges and reduced the risk manually, you can't do it anymore when you have 500 applications that you need to secure. Very, very good point. And you jump a bit towards my next question. How do you know the idea will work and people are going to buy it? You mentioned you interviewed CISOs. This is interesting part, because when I talk to founders, when I talk to salespeople, they say it's impossible to get a CISO. It's impossible to get a technology leader. So is this your connections? How do you actually convince people to talk to you? I had zero connection when I started. My background was not, I would say, the common background of Israeli cyber-focused founders. I just took my LinkedIn, started to build my own network and reach out to people saying, hi, that's my name. That's an idea we're working on. Would you mind take 10 minutes, 15 minutes to speak with us here, Autisis, and let us know your thoughts? And I was surprised as well to see that people actually responded. It might be the timing because pandemic, it was an interesting time where people had some uncertainty. They worked from home. They didn't really know how to handle it. And 
for some reason, they took the call with us. We had over 100 conversations with it like this. Did any of them become design partners? Yeah, our first customer in the U.S. was actually someone we interviewed. Great. So you have an idea, you have a validation of the idea, now you need money. How hard was to go and actually raise money? And you mentioned you didn't have experience before. So tell me about this process. <laughs> when I look at it from now, so we did a lot of mistakes from the beginning, but we've learned, we learned, we fixed, and we were able to get amazing investors, VC, angels. We hear, we listen, we got feedbacks. We started with a simple deck. We got feedback. We went to work on this. We got a better deck. We went to another session. We got feedback, took it, worked on this, learned from it. Then another time, I don't remember how many times actually, but you just need one person that will believe in you. And that's how we started. We did our first pre-seed round, friends and family and friends, angel investors. And then we had our seed round and recently a strategic investor that joined us. I'm going to put you on the spot here. If somebody watching us right now and they want to start a startup and maybe they're not very technical or maybe not very salesy, what can you recommend to them? One or two things that they will know when they need to raise money, what they need to do. They need to learn very well the market they're playing in. They need to learn the potential of the market. They need to understand very well the business case. Why? Not looking at that technology and focusing on how cool the solution is, but what is the actual problem that you solve? You are really in that research about uh, the potential of it. How much people will buy? How much will they pay? And learn their market very well as the competition what didn't work well for this existing solution, why your solution will do a better job. Better understand, or I would say in-depth understand where you're going to play it. What's your playground? Where are you going to be? What's your positioning? It's very hard. You can't do it in one week, but it's a process. And as long as you understand that it's an ongoing process and you need to learn to hear no's or learn from it, right? Take the relevant parts from each and every conversation and feedback session that you're having and then grow for it. Thank you. Now you have an idea, you have money. Now you need to build the solution. Tell me about the hiring process. How decided who to hire? Did you create some kind of culture or understand how culture is going to look like? You can already create culture. Culture takes time to build, but I'm guessing you had some ideas of what type of people you want to hire. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Of course, it depends how much you raised and where are you located and with other parameters. But of course, you need R&D team, an amazing R&D team, people that have passion. They like building product from scratch. They love being close to customers and they're very agile. They need to understand that things can be changed and very fast and sometimes without any notice and they need to be prepared. And this is the mentality. It takes time to create culture, but the mentality of the people, I believe in telling people what they're going into. When we hire people, even now that we're over 30 employees, we tell them it is a roller coaster. It's crazy. Planning is there, but it's not 100%. It's not a big firm. Your mentality has to, to be different. You need to be up for the challenge. You need to like very hectic environment, a few POCs at the same time, changing the roadmap, that's fine. That's the environment and you have to like it, love it, and be prepared for it. How did you know it was going to be such an environment? Because you worked at the big companies before. It probably was less hectic. So did you knew in advance it's going to be like this? Because of your founders, because the way you are? So I started with two friends of mine, a business that we had for over four years. 
So I knew how it is to work in a very small company as well. But I think it, part of it is, is us, our mentality as founders that is, has effect on the company. We believe in moving fast. Even though if we do mistakes, we need to fix them fast and just move forward, learn from things, have an open discussion, open conversation. That's something that we really emphasize. And we, even internally, we get feedbacks, we feed each other, we train each other, we work as a family. If every time we grow, it's harder to keep it like this. And especially when I moved to New York, but that's the culture at this point, I can say that we've created a culture of open discussion and open feedback. And I think that's part of succeeding in what you do. When you're going so fast, and we'll talk about this, how you deal with problems a bit later, but when you're going so fast, how do you deal with this creativity? What help you to have the drive to continue going? Creativity is the base here. We get challenges, we're stuck sometimes, and people just need to think out of the box. We don't get no. There is nothing like this. No, it's not an acceptable answer. So we challenge ourselves every time. We will find a way. We just need to understand what will be the best way, what will be the effect, how we're going to handle with that. But there is no here. With so many different tasks and going so fast, how do you deal with all the tasks? Do you have your own tasks? CTO has tasks? Do you, do you have a kind of a program? Like, How do you know what to do today and how to make sure everybody is doing whatever they need to be doing? So now we have an amazing management team, people that have experience, have built things from scratch, were the first in their own role in previous companies. So I'm lucky to work with such people that they push, they know what to do. And we're here to make sure that we're in the right direction. We're giving the direction and they know how to execute. From this point, I'm actually meeting everyone on a weekly basis, sometimes more. It really depends on where we are. It's way it depends on wh where are we focusing on. Are we focusing now on marketing, on customers, on, on fundraising? And that basically dictates what we're doing in every day. We can start the day with a plan and we can end the, the same day with completely different outcome. But that startup... Creating an idea and running with idea is great. I'm sure in one point you had failure here, failure there. But I want to understand... What was the point that you knew whatever you're creating is the right solution and your vision is correct? Only when we investigate something. It's very hard to postpone. And we, because we're moving that fast, we have to investigate on the fly, on the go. We do something and then we evaluate it. Usually we take our vision and we divide it into different phases. And then we evaluate after each phase. So we know we're not spending too much time and efforts and resources on something specific that eventually we see that the outcome is not good. New feature, for example, we divide it usually to a few phases. We evaluate after each phase. Do we want to keep moving with this? We don't want to keep moving with this. We need to do something else. What we've learned in the process. So we're trying to move to think for the long term, but move in small phases. So it allows us to be still very agile, but look on our end goal. Does the customer happy to provide feedback, positive or negative? Definitely. Very open. They understand that it will directly affect the outcome, right? What they're using, how it looks like, how it feels, what they will get eventually. So most of them, I would say, very happy to work closely with us. It really varies between the person specifically, but most of them, they love being part of something new, something innovative. This is great. Let's talk sales. Companies that are startups usually have a founder-led sales. And I'm guessing you're doing quite a lot of sales right now. 
So tell me about your experience doing the sales part, because I understand it's not something native for you. And also, when you become bigger, how do you let go? How do you let other people to sell your baby and trust them? Funny that you asked it, because we just hired our first VP sales. We're actually exactly at this point where we're we did most of the sales until now, and we're now building the team here. So higher, we're going to be around five people in the team, the, in the go-to-market team very soon. So we're actually building the entire knowledge transfer, I would say now. So it, it's very hard because it's our baby. We know it very well. We understand every bit and byte there. We have answer for every question. We know exactly what the customer thinks, how they think, how we can solve their challenges. And it's a very interesting phase. I would say, but we do it uh, step by step. We're still involved, but every time we do something a bit different and we learn to let go of it. Do you feel soft skills became more important for the last couple of years because we don't see each other face to face? Even this interview is done over Zoom. And I think five, six years ago, we'll meet face to face and to do over coffee. So tell me like the experience of digital conversation with people versus face to face conversation. I, I think it was always the number one important thing that you have. You work with people. It doesn't matter if it's via Zoom or over coffee. It's all about relationship. People eventually believe in you and your vision and your team. And that's the reason they decide to take the risk. Because working with startup companies is a risk, right? So they need to believe in you. And by building strong relationship and working closely with people, either Zoom or coffee or whatever, that's a very important thing. Hear them, understand what they're actually talking about, what they're asking for, the things behind the words. Sometimes it's not very direct, but you can definitely understand how they feel, what they understand and what they actually want, even they're not saying it very directly, even though there are a lot of people that do. And it's good. I think that we're very open-minded to learn and that's how it's supposed to be because we have an idea, we have a concept, but eventually there are people that are going to buy it and use it. And the relationship is the basic. If you go back five years ago, or even in your case, three years ago, before you started the company, would you do anything differently? Ah, that's a tough question. I think that I would have learned maybe earlier to respond faster to things that we understood that we did wrong. For example, if we hired someone that is not the right person because it's not a good fit, we need to let it go before and not wait too long. I think that's something that it took us a bit to learn because we're people's people, right? We're all about their relationship and making this successful. And sometimes it's not about skills. It's about fit for the stage, for 100,000 other criteria that are relevant. So I think that's something that I would have learned quicker. I don't think I would have done anything different because our journey is good. It's always hard. I think in a few months ago or even a year or two years ago, someone, one of our investors, an angel investor told me, even when everything goes well, when everything is smooth and fine, it's still hard. And I think that I can find something that was a big mistake that I'm, I'm regretting these days, but I think that just learn to fix mistakes earlier. But you mentioned about heart. So let's talk about work-life balance. How do you deal? Is this, is this even exist? <laughs> I, I'm really bad at this. Every time someone asks me, I'm saying that I'm bad at this. I had my first child and only so far. And I flew to New York to raise her around after two weeks. So I'm a bad example to work-life balance. And I don't have any good tips. 
yeah <laughs> it's hard <laughs> startup is 24 7 let's go a bit deeper here so yeah. we all have challenges we all have issues sometimes you have a bad date but right. it's important to understand how to recover to get back on the horse and continue riding when you have a bad day when you have a bad meeting what do you do to recuperate and go back meditation running music whatever it is I have a good mechanism of just putting things aside and ignore them. It's not a good or a bad one, but that's my mechanism to handle it. There are a lot of days that are really good or really bad, or even days that start good and ends bad or the opposite. I just take the bad things aside, put them there and let the time do its magic. Time works. Got you. We're going to switch topics. We're going to talk about dark side. For everyone that's listening, this is where we talk about stuff that didn't work as expected. Mm-hmm. So we want to share you some dark stories started in to work as you expected. You mentioned potentially people fit, maybe bad POC with the customers. Definitely don't mention names, but tell us the idea in general. Yeah, I think that hiring that we're not good is, is a, has dark effect, right? Because eventually you invest time and resources to train someone new. And when it's not a good fit, it affects the company when it's a small company, even when it's big, but it, it has a very big effect. So I think that we had some experiences there. I think that learning on how to sell in the U.S. is quite, a, I would say, a dark journey, we can say. I think that almost every cyber-focused founder that I talk to in Israel, I, I ask for a lot of advices. I hear people, I want to learn. I want to make little mistakes if I can learn from others. I couldn't find any founder that told me that they had a good journey of building the go-to-market team. So there are a lot of things like who you work with, your door opener, the people that introduce you to other people. There are a lot of dark stories behind uh, the people that you work with. And I think that it's really important to do due diligence on the other side before you start working with people. So, yeah. Good idea. Good idea. Lee, thank you very much. You're very sincere. I think you're very positive. I'm Pretty sure you are a very fun person to talk on a sales course as well. You're not just doing the presentation. You probably are very personal on talking to people in the way they need and the ways they want to understand the solution. So thank you very much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Great. Everyone is listening. Thank you very much for the episode. And we're going to listen and hear you in the next one.